hello again and welcome to the Glean Podcast. We apologize for not being here last week. Uh, I guess as you can tell, we did not get raptured. It didn't happen last Wednesday. But we had a lot of things, different things going on. A very busy week last week. Last two weeks been very busy. But we're back live in the studio tonight. And uh, real quick, if you will, as always, if you're watching on Facebook, Give us the thumbs up, the like button. Go down and click the share button. Something that we say tonight, you may know someone that needs to hear it. You can share it on your page and it goes to all of your friends and anyone that looks at your page and it can get the word of God out to them because many people are asking about end time events, rapture, uh, and people, whether they are Christians or not, they want to know what the Bible and the church is saying about the end time and what's going on. Also, if you're on YouTube, you can like it, share it there. Uh, You can send it through a text to somebody uh, on your phone so they can watch it. We're also on all the major podcast platforms. Uh, You can watch or listen to us there. So be sure to help us get the word out. Let us know where you're watching from. You can interact with us during this uh, episode uh, by putting comments in, or if you have any questions, you can do that. We are watching those live, and we can answer those questions. But uh, without further ado, uh, we've been talking about the rapture, and um, a lot of people have uh, different beliefs about the rapture, uh, and they look at the Word of God but I think sometimes they, they get some things a little mixed up uh, and, you know, just just go off of that. And some people believe that, you know, we, God's going to, Jesus is going to come get us in mid-tribulation and some going, he's going to wait till after the tribulation and we're just going to go up in the sky and turn around and come back with him to establish the kingdom here on earth. But when you take a good look at scripture, you realize that, that's not what the scriptures is saying. And um, the rapture we talked about last time, I believe it's not automatic. Just because you're saved doesn't mean that you'll be caught in the rapture. It's for those that are looking, those that are looking now, seeing the things that are going on in the earth, knowing deep down inside something is going to change. Something is going to happen soon, and we need to be ready because if we're watching when he splits that eastern sky in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be out of here. That's right. And we're going to get to go to heaven. And we're going to spend some time up there with our loved ones that's gone on before us. We'll get to see uh, the apostles. We'll get to see Moses and Abraham, Isaac, all those great patriarchs in the Bible. And most of all, we'll get to see Jesus the one who made us that avenue available for us so that we can be in heaven and not have to be here. I know you may be saying, yeah, but things are so bad right now, and they are. But it's not even an inkling of what things are going to be like because the church, some people talk about, and this is the avenue we're going tonight, uh, the a lot of people say that the rapture can't happen or the Antichrist can't come until that hindering restraint is lifted. And a lot of people seem to think that's the Holy Spirit. But we believe it's the church because if the Holy Spirit is not here during the tribulation, no man could be saved because the Word of God says that no man can come to the Father lest the Spirit draws him. So we know that there'll be people saved in the tribulation, but if the Holy Spirit is not here, how would they be saved? So what is that hindering restraint? We believe that it's the church. So Let's get into that tonight and uh, give us your thoughts on that and where you found that in the Scripture. Well, of course, uh, you know, the fact is that Jesus said in the 14th chapter of John that uh, he said, if I go away, Mm -hmm. and he did, he said, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And he said, whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. And Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? 
In the sixth verse, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father but by me. And so we know Jesus himself said, I will come again. Mm-hmm. We, we know that is the truth. That's a fact. He's coming again. One thing uh, that we also need to realize is that in the 24th chapter of Matthew and also in Luke 21, when the disciples asked Jesus about his coming and the end of the age, they were not thinking about a rapture. They were thinking mm-hmm. about when when are you coming to destroy the power of the enemy and to set up a kingdom here on earth and reign over your people, Israel. And so they were asking from a Jewish viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus answered them from a Jewish perspective, you know, this, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he said they would be, first thing he said, and I think we've mentioned this before on previous uh, podcasts, the first thing that Jesus said, and you need to pay uh, attention to this, is that he said, see that no man deceive you. Right. And I remember reading that many, many years ago, and it's like a red flag went up in my spirit. And I thought, well, boy, they must be going to be a lot of deception mm-hmm. about the last days and about the coming of the Lord. And there is. But uh, I believe it's not only deception about uh, the days that we're living in, but uh, everything that's happening in government, in everyday life, everything that's going on in the world, we're seeing so much deception right mm-hmm. now in this very time. And, uh, you know, we, uh, you say, well, you know, how can you keep from being deceived? Well, according to the Bible, uh, in first John, uh, chapter two, verse 20, he said, you have an unction or an anointing from the Holy one. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, we know that he's talking about when we're born again, the Holy spirit comes to dwell on the inside of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, in verse 27 of First John chapter 2, he says, You have no need that any man teach you, but let that anointing which you have received teach you. Mm-hmm. Now, that don't mean that we can't listen to teachers if right. they're anointed. You see, whenever, in other words, even when we talk about these things, Uh, We have the Holy Spirit in us. God has called us. God has anointed us. Mm -hmm. And, of course, every born-again believer has a special anointing upon their life. Right. And so he said, let that anointing teach you. And uh, in John's gospel, the 16th chapter and the 12th verse, he said, talking to his disciples, he said, I have many things yet to say unto you, but you're not able to receive it now. He didn't say what, never going to tell them. He just said, you're not ready (laughs) to receive Mm -hmm. it now. And uh, that's the same way today. A lot of people are not ready to receive something Mm -hmm. that the Bible teaches. And uh, it's not that they're uh, mean people or, you know, that they're uh, stupid or anything. It just means we haven't learned yet. First Peter chapter two verse two says, "As babes in Christ, right. desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby." So uh, it'd be hard for a baby Christian to understand some of these things, but also he talks about those that are a full age. Mm-hmm. The meat of the word belongs to them that are a full age. That's in Hebrews, the last part of Hebrews chapter five, and so. As we mature, God expects us, you know, to study the Word, to learn. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people, I've, I've heard this say, and I'm sure you have, people that say, well, what I don't know won't hurt me. <laughs> well, that's not what the Bible says. Right. He said, my people, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed, mm-hmm. not because they know too much. Right. They're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, it's up to us to study God's Word, to pray most of all, 
And then in the 13th verse of the 16th chapter of John, he said, when he, the spirit of truth, has come. Mm -hmm. Well, you see, when we get born again, the spirit of God, the spirit of truth comes to live on the inside of us. And he said he will not speak of himself, but he will take of that which is mine and will show it unto you. So we have to trust the Holy Spirit to teach us. Jesus said he would, said he would guide us into not just some truth, Mm -hmm, but he would guide us into all truth. And, uh, of course, there's so much in the Word of God. I've said this before. Even if we lived a thousand lifetimes, uh, we could never plummet the depth and the richness of God's holy Word because there's so much there. Mm -hmm. But I believe that the Holy Spirit will lead us into the truth as we study and pray and seek to know uh, God's will for our life and what's going on. The Holy Spirit will reveal little by little. Uh, You know, God's not going to show you everything all at once. Uh, If he did, it would probably scare most people half to death. I know if... uh, when God first, you know, called me to preach the gospel, if he had showed me then everything I was going to endure mm-hmm. and everything that I was going to face, I'd have been like Jonah. I'd have been headed yeah. for Joppa, you Pass. know. <laughs> Get out of here, yeah. you know. But uh, God reveals himself to us, uh, you know, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, until the whole matter be established. Mm -hmm. And so God will teach us as we grow in him. And uh, so uh, we understand in the uh, 24th chapter of Matthew and also Luke chapter 21, what he's saying is he's talking about the signs that will appear in the earth before he comes to establish his kingdom. Right. And so he said, see that no man deceive you. That means there's going to be a lot of deception. Mm -hmm. He said there would be false Christ, and we've seen them. Mm -hmm. Jim Jones, uh, David Koresh, and other gurus from different parts of the world who claim to be Christ, you Mm -hmm. know. And we've seen false prophets, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, that have prophesied things out of their own spirit, and it didn't come from God. That's why no matter what anybody is, uh, you know, trying to teach you or prophesy to you, it must bear witness with your spirit, Mm -hmm. you see. And uh, I know some will argue about that. Well, uh, if a prophet says, thus saith the Lord, that means it's true. Not Mm -hmm. necessarily. Because uh, I know a lot of times they will get, uh, because they are a prophet and they operate in the prophet's office, they expect the people to minister in that. Mm-hmm. You know, always you got to give me a word. Yeah. Well, we we've got a more sure word. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, thank God if a prophet gives us a word and it bears witness yeah. with our spirit. Thank God for it. But the Bible says we have a more sure word than even if an angel appeared right. to us. So if you want a word. Boy, there's plenty of it here. All you got to do is dive into it and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Mm. And he will, to guide you into all truth. So he said there would be uh, wars and rumors of wars. Mm -hmm. And certainly we see that all the time on the news. He said there would be famines, pestilence, Mm -hmm. earthquakes in diverse places, and uh, nation against nation. I believe it in the original text, it means ethnic group against ethnic group. And we see that all the time. That's where the racism, the division comes from, and uh, kingdom against kingdom and so forth. And so we we are seeing that, which is a sign of his coming to establish a kingdom here on the earth. And so if we're seeing the signs of him coming to establish his kingdom here on earth, how much nearer right. the rapture or the catching away of the church must be. Right. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, you know, the some, uh, you know, people talk, it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, he said in verse 3, 
because and the reason he was uh, responding uh, to this, it, they were some who thought, uh, you know, he said that uh, some were saying that the uh, church or, or the rapture of the church or the day of Christ has already passed, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, that he said some believe that we've sent out letters saying that uh, the day of Christ has already come, but no. And he said uh, in verse uh, chapter two, rather, begin at verse one, he said, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. He's talking about the raptures mm -hmm. about to come before this other mm -hmm. happens that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no, here again he says, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Talking about the Antichrist. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember not that when I was with you, I told you these things. In other words, Paul was reminding him, mm -hmm. I've already told you about this right. one time. <laughs> you know, sometimes people get upset if you teach uh, you know, the same message mm -hmm. a couple of different times or two or three times. And over the years, I don't know how many messages I've preached over and over and over because I know everybody don't get it the first right. time. And uh, I, I remember the story of this young preacher. He, he went to a seminary and, uh, you know, he was uh, well-educated, you know. And uh, so when he took a church, uh, he tried to preach through the whole Bible the first year. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know how that's possible, but anyway, uh, you know, he said, well, he guess he'd have to resign. He'd done taught everything in the Bible. <laughs> so, so there wasn't nothing else for yeah. him to teach. And, uh, you know, it's like uh, Kenneth Hagin used to say, bless his darling heart and stupid head. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> because... Uh, you, I can guarantee you he didn't know everything there is to know in the Bible. And even today, after all these nearly half a century, I still don't know a, a lot of things. Right. But uh, he said, I've already warned you about this, told you about this, and he said, now you know. And that's Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6. And now you know what withholdeth or hinders that he might be revealed in his time. Mm -hmm. You see, there's a time coming when the Antichrist will be revealed. Right. But until that time, he's not revealed. Mm -hmm. And uh, the word of God concerning him uh, has, uh, in other words, it, it's not been put into play yet because he's not on the scene. Mm hmm now, we know the spirit of Antichrist right. is already at work, mm -hmm. the Bible says, in the children of disobedience. Mm -hmm. So the Antichrist spirit is already at work in the world, but the man, the Antichrist, right. has not yet appeared. Right. And he won't until his time, right. you see. And uh, then it said, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth, that word letteth there means hinders. Mm -hmm. Until and will hinder until he is taken out of the way. That's what you were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. And then, mm -hmm. not before, but when that hindering restraint is removed from the earth, then that wicked, which right. is the Antichrist, shall be revealed. Not before. He can't be. Right. And uh, I know we said, uh, you know, it's the church. Well, it is because, uh, you know, Jesus said when he was here, he was the light of the world. Mm -hmm. But then before he ascended back to the Father, he said, now you are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. Mm -hmm. Now, in John chapter 1, it said, in him was life, and that life is the light mm -hmm. of men. 
Right. Uh, there used to be a song, I don't remember now who sung it, but said, you light up my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might have been, I believe it was Pat Boone's daughter mm-hmm. uh, sung that song years ago. But uh, Jesus, praise God, lights up the life of the believer. Right. His life is the light mm-hmm. of men. Praise God. And uh, it's a, so, uh, you know, we are the light of the world. Mm-hmm. We are the only part of God with the Holy Spirit right. in us mm-hmm. that is at work in the world today. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so really, uh, when we're taken out, uh, it, it, it is the church it, that is a restraining force, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Right. Yeah. And so we're going to be raptured. But how can you remove the Holy Spirit when he's everywhere present all, all the time? time? Right. He, he can't be removed because everywhere you go, he is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the psalmist David said it this way. He said, if I ascend up into the highest heights, behold, thou art there. Mm-hmm. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take up wings and fly to the uttermost part of the sea, Behold, thou art there. Mm-hmm. In other words, he is saying, where can I go to escape his presence? Yeah. You, you can't because mm-hmm. he's everywhere present all the time. That's one of the redemptive names of God, you know, in his uh, omnipresent. Mm-hmm. He's everywhere present. You, you can run from God, but everywhere you run, you're going to run into him because he's already there. Well, even in Genesis, <laughs> you know, the first chapter, he said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the yeah. earth. The earth was dark and void without form, and the Spirit of God hovered yeah. over the waters. That's right. He was already here then. Yes, yeah. And uh, so he's everywhere present all the time. But for the time being, it is the power of the Holy Spirit in the church, the blood-bought church. Mm-hmm. We've been born again. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The blood of Jesus has cleansed us from all sin. Mm-hmm. We have been redeemed, according to Galatians mm-hmm. 3.13, from the curse of the law, praise God. And uh, b- and we have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. The 16th chapter of John, he said, it's necessary, it's expedient for you mm-hmm. that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Comforter, mm-hmm. which is the Holy Spirit, cannot come. Right. One translation said, in other words, he said, if I go away, I'm going to send you somebody else just like me. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. Yep. Praise God. And uh, But anyway, uh, the Holy Spirit in the blood-bought church is the hindering restraint. Right. And uh, so, no, and, uh, and we read there, he said, for, for the mystery of iniquity, verse 7, doth already work. Only he who now letteth or hinders will hinder until he be taken out of the way. Right. So that's the power of the Holy Spirit in the church. Mm -hmm. And, of course, if he goes anywhere, we're going. Right. Because Jesus said when the comforter is come, he will abide with you forever. Yeah. And I think. There, you know, earlier we was talking about the Holy Spirit's omnipresent. He's everywhere. Yeah. He's always been here. But he had never dwelt in, in somebody uh, or in a person or multiple people until Jesus died on the cross right. and was rose again. Yeah. That give access, if we accept Jesus, yeah. for the Holy Spirit to reside on the inside of us. And that's where the Bible says the same power— yeah. That raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of us. All right. Well, a power that's strong enough to give life to someone and raise them from death, that's a lot of power. Yes. And it dwells on the inside of us. But when we're gone, yeah. See, he's now just omnipresent. Yeah. And he has there'll be a there'll be Christians here that are going to be in shell shock. And it may take them a, a, a little bit to lick their wounds and, and figure out, hey, wait a minute, I missed it. And, yes, I believe the Holy Spirit, they'll get that power work back up, but it still won't be as large a number of people with the Holy Spirit in them 
So that's why it will allow the Antichrist to come in full force yeah. and do what he's plans on doing to the earth. Yeah, because that Henry and restraint is gone. Yep. Uh, but uh, let me get this here. It, in the verse 8, it says, and then, mm-hmm. when? After the church, mm-hmm. after that Henry and restraint is lifted or raptured, right. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, you can read it, uh, and then shall that wicked be, not before, then mm-hmm. shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. You know, the Bible talks about in Revelations 19, mm-hmm. verses 11 through 16, that he will destroy the Antichrist by the spirit of his mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's that's his uh, the sword of the spirit, which yeah. is the word of God. Right. And so, uh, you know, he will be destroyed with the brightness of his coming. And so... Uh, we we see then that the church must be raptured out mm-hmm. or caught up, according to First Thessalonians chapter four, before the man of sin or that wicked one can be revealed. Right. People get uh, upset about the mark of the beast and so on, and I'm sure because of technology, all of these things are being put in place. Right. You know, a, a mark or a stamp in your forehand or in in your forehead. You know, uh, the technology's here to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I read somewhere where there's some companies, that's the way they're paying their employees now. They've given them a right. number, either in their hand or in their forehead, and then when they get, uh, you know, payday, they just scan that right. uh, number, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, uh, they that's how they get money or, you know, to put in their account so that they're able to buy or sell or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, we don't, at this present time, we don't have to worry about the mark of the beast right. because it's actually the mark of the beast does not come into play until the middle of uh, yeah. the tribulation. Right. And it's not the Antichrist that... in and introduces uh, that mark is the false prophet, right? That does, and, and uh, so anyway, I wanted them to, to you know see that fact that it is the Holy Spirit in the church, the born again, blood bought believer that is restraining the lawless one or the mm-hmm. wicked one, right? And uh, you know, thank God for every born-again child of God, mm-hmm. Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, uh, whatever, mm-hmm. them, uh, Pentecostal, you know, Church of God, whatever. Uh, it's uh, like uh, I heard uh, John Osteen say one time uh, many years ago, God's not so much interested in your denominational title. Right. You know, some think their denomination is the only one that's right. Yeah. Well, you're going to be sadly mistaken. Yeah. You're going to be surprised. There's going to be a lot of different people in heaven that you didn't think would make it. And he said, you might even be surprised that you got there yourself. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, uh, thank God for ever born again child of God. I, I don't care what your denomination you belong to. Right. If you're born again, if you know Jesus as your Lord and say, you my brother, you my sister, mm-hmm. praise God. Yeah. We're all in the family of God. Yeah. And he said, if you go to heaven, that tag will fall off. If you go to hell, it'll burn off. Yeah, one of the two. <laughs> and, uh, so one or the other. So God is only interested in the fact of, do you know my son Jesus? Did you receive him? Did you receive the word that I spoke of him right. and received him as your Lord and Savior? Mm-hmm. That's the only way to heaven. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says, There's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. Right. No other name. Jesus is the only name the, the Bible speaks about by which we can be born again. Right. He's the door of the sheep. John chapter 10. There's no other way. Mm-hmm. And uh, these days, a lot of celebrities and others, you know, that are trying to say, oh, there's many ways yeah. to heaven. Oh, no, no. Mm-hmm. You're going to find out 
you better change your thinking because there's only one way to heaven, and that is through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you, just like in John chapter 1, where in verses 11 and 12, Jesus said, it said, He came to his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as did receive him, to them gave he the power mm -hmm. or the authority to become the sons of God. Right. It didn't mention any other name. Right. It didn't mention any other way. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, we mentioned a while ago, John chapter 14, yep. verse 6, I am the way. Mm -hmm. He didn't say somebody else is or these many others, you know, just believe on them. No, he said, I am the way the truth, and the life. Right. And no man can come to the Father except he come by me. Now, that we, uh, you know, kind of cleared the air about, uh, you know, how the church must be raptured mm -hmm. before the man of sin, the Antichrist, can be revealed. I want to share something out of the book of Daniel that I think will help, uh, help you see this as well. In the ninth chapter of the book of Daniel, you know, the prophet Daniel, he was praying, interceding for Israel. Israel at this point in time was backslid. And uh, he was confessing and uh, the sin of his people and, uh, you know, confessing, of course, his own uh, sin and shortcoming. And uh, then the angel Gabriel appeared to him and in verse 24, he said 70 weeks. In other words, he had, he had given him a vision. And in verse 23, he said, I'm come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. So he's telling Daniel, I'm going to give you the understanding mm -hmm. of this vision that I've showed or that was revealed to you. He said, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. Get that. 70 weeks are determined upon who? His people. His people, the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. Thy people and upon thy holy city, which is Jerusalem, mm -hmm. to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. So he, we see that this prophecy is concerning God, uh, God's people and Daniel's people, Israel, mm -hmm. the, the Jewish people. And then he said, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem, Unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks, which you put that together, it's 69 weeks. And uh, all Bible scholars believe that each week represents a seven-year period. So 70 weeks of years means that there are 490 years of prophecy mm -hmm. that's determined against the nation of Israel, mm. you see. And he said, so until from the going forth of the commandment to rebuild Jerusalem, 62 weeks and seven weeks, that's 69 weeks, mm -hmm. or 483 years of this prophecy is fulfilled when Christ is crucified. Right. That means there's still a seven-year period to be determined primarily <coughs> excuse me, against the nation of Israel. Right. And so what God didn't reveal to Daniel was the church age between the 69th and the 70th week, which is yet to be fulfilled. Right. And so the church age must be finished mm -hmm. before that 70th week or the week we call the tribulation, right. seven-year period of tribulation. And uh, so if you, you know, think about that, and then what we've been talking about in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, we know now, you see, because it talks about at the time appointed, mm -hmm. at his time. He can't be revealed until his time. Right. It doesn't mean that his spirit is not already at work in the world. Mm -hmm. 
It is. The Bible says so. Yep. It's working in the children of disobedience. But the Antichrist, the man himself, has not yet been revealed. He may be in the earth today right. somewhere being prepared for mm-hmm. this time. But he won't come to the forefront or be revealed to the world until the time appointed. Right. You see? And so there again, we can see that the church has to be raptured out mm-hmm. before that 70th week of prophecy concerning the nation of Israel will be fulfilled. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't understand why, you know, people, uh, you know, come up with all kinds of uh, ideas about uh, the rapture of the church or the n- no rapture or whatever, because the scripture makes it clear that the church, the hindering restraint, must be removed and then, not before, right. and then that wicked shall be revealed. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you see, we say, that they, when, when will the rapture take place? Well, there's no sign given. No. The only signs that are given in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 are signs concerning his coming to the earth to establish a kingdom here on the earth. Over in the, uh, you know, the book of uh, Zechariah, uh, chapter 14, and uh, uh, verse 5, it talks about when, when he comes, his feet will touch the Mount of Olives, and uh, the mountains and the valleys will separate, and, uh, you know, the seas there, one, the former sea will go one way and the other sea the other way. And uh, then in verse 5, and he said, And ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azel. Yea, ye shall flee like as ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and now notice it, and all the saints with thee. But See, the prophet <coughs> Zechariah uh, was prophesying <laughs> You know the coming of the Lord to catch when He come. How how can we come with Him? Right. If if we hadn't been called up to be with exactly. Him where He is. Right. And you compare that with Revelations nineteen. Well, let's uh, look over at Revelations chapter nineteen. <laughs> uh, well, let, let, before I get to that, let me go to chapter four. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much of it. Uh, Revelations chapter 1 is the revelation of the Christ. Mm-hmm. Some people think the book of Revelation is all about the Antichrist. Right. No, it's not. It's the book of the, the revelation yep. of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Praise God. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for the Antichrist. No. I'm looking for the Christ. Yeah. Hallelujah. The son of the living God. Hallelujah. That we don't need to, if we're born again and we're living for God and we're not in sin, mm-hmm. we don't need to be concerned with the Antichrist because no. we're not going to be here. Right. Some people say, boy, I'll be glad when I get to heaven. I'm going to give the devil a fit. <laughs> Newsflash, he ain't there. <laughs> right. If you're going to give the devil any trouble, you've got to do it now. Mm-hmm. And whenever we take uh, Jesus as our Savior mm-hmm. and we have the power of the Holy Spirit, working in us, and we have the truth of God's Word, we can take that. Mm -hmm. The Bible said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or Mm -hmm. fleshly, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to give them a fit now. And you know what makes the devil madder than anything is when you're telling others about Jesus. That's right. Amen. And, uh, you know, we we need to, if we are born again— how can you not tell people? Right. I, I know we had a, a meal after the service Sunday afternoon. You mm-hmm. know, my wife's brother uh, had died, and uh, we had a memorial service for him. And afterwards, we were having a meal over in the fellowship hall. And, uh, you know, I after I finished eating, I was going around talking to people, and uh, some of the family that lives away from here, 
uh, and I sat down at the table. I don't know how. It just all of a sudden I found myself preaching to them about, mm-hmm. about the coming of the Lord. Right. You know? And uh, one of them said, uh, I, I'd like to have a Bible study with you. I said, well, come on and join us, you know, yeah. and you, you can have a, have a study with us. But, uh, and I, I thought, you know, well, uh, my wife probably thinking, boy, he's at it again. He can't, <laughs> he can't be quiet. Well, we shouldn't be quiet. Right. I'm telling you, Jesus, I don't know about other people, but Jesus is real on the inside. Right. I, I have to talk about him. Right. It's, it's, it's like Jeremiah said, it, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. I can't be quiet about it. I've mm-hmm. got to tell people. Right. And, uh, you know, I believe any of us that are born again and know Jesus, that ought to be a driving force in our life mm-hmm. that we got, we just got to, this, this is, this news is too good to keep to ourselves. Right. We need to tell people, hey, you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. He'll feel, uh, forgive you of all your sin. He'll wash you clean by the blood of Jesus. He'll fill you with himself mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, give you a hope, according to Jeremiah 21, yeah. uh, 29, verse 11, mm-hmm. to give you a hope and a bright future. Bright future. Praise God. He, You know, it doesn't mean that we're not going to face some knocks in this life. Mm-hmm. Bad thing, the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Mm-hmm. We have to face temptation just like anybody else. But, uh, you know, thank God we've got the helper on the inside. Right. Uh, praise God. We got the greater one according mm-hmm. to the, the scripture in First uh, John. Uh, where is that in First uh, uh, John 4, 4, 4, 4? Yeah. Greater is he that is in us yep. than and he, he that is in the world. In the world. Mm-hmm. So we have no excuse for not wanting to tell people that there's a better way, Mm -hmm. that there's a better life. And I think going back to earlier (coughs) in the podcast when you was talking about in Hosea where it says, my people are destroyed. Some some translations say perish for a lack of knowledge. I was thinking about it. It didn't say my people are destroyed (coughs) for a lack of Preachers. Yeah. It didn't say my preachers are destroyed for life. What he's saying there, what I'm getting is in our day and time, people look to the preacher. Mm. I think a lot, and they should, but I think a lot of people lean on us as ministers and they can kind of go skirt the edge a little bit and they can, you know, just come to church, uh, well, when it's convenient thinking, well, as long as my preacher's here, I got it. Mm-hmm. No, it don't work that way. He said, my people yeah. perish. For The preacher's job is to proclaim the word of God, teach yeah. the word of God, be there for the people, but it's the people's job to do just like the preacher and get in that word and let the Holy Spirit reveal the truth of the word as they study it. Yeah, that's what gives you the power. That's what gives you that drive because just to read the Bible without the Holy Spirit uh, is not an interesting book. No, it, it, there's a lot of bad stuff in that, you know. But when you read it with the indwelling of the Spirit, and the Spirit re- begins to reveal it. It takes the legalistic side of the Bible out right. and puts the applications that, oh, wow, I, I have this kind of power. I have this kind of authority. Yeah. It, it changes the whole dynamics of what is on the pages of the book. That's true. Uh, but, uh, again, a lot of people uh, don't take the time to apply themselves mm-hmm. to the Word of God, uh, you know, to study. Uh, the only way you ever going to really know uh, the Word of God. I mean, you can get a few things from a preacher mm-hmm. maybe once a week if you attend church that often. Yeah. Some people, two times a year Christians, Easter yeah. and Christmas, you know. Well, they're not going to get very far. It don't mean they won't go to heaven. Right. It just means they're going to miss out on all, all so much that God mm-hmm. has for them. But uh, it's up to us. Uh, Paul told young Timothy he said, neglect not the gift. Mm-hmm. Stir up the gift. Mm-hmm. Who, whose responsibility is that? Ours. 
He's talking to us. He mm-hmm. said, you neglect not the gift. You stir up the mm-hmm. gift. We we wait. We say we are waiting on the Holy Spirit to stir us up. Yeah. Well, he's not going to. Mm-mm. Not until you start applying what you know, praising God, giving God worship, and studying His Word, seeking the truth. Uh, when you stir yourself up, the Holy Ghost will get a hold of oh, you, yeah. and He'll help you. Yeah. But you got to yeah. take the first step. Yeah. After, and I think some people. I know we may be getting a little off here, but. Uh, a lot of people say, well, we're waiting on God. Mm-hmm. You, you quit waiting on him Yeah, you, you, on- because the only thing God did in the earth without the assistance of mankind that he created was creation. Yeah. After that, all through the Bible, God never moved without first there was a man right. that he could use, yeah. a vessel that he could work through. Right. So when we're talking about the rapture, and that's good, I was able to pull that back in there. (laughs) When we're talking about the rapture, you can be saved and still miss the rapture. And that's why people, you, you have to understand when you get saved, the rapture is not an automatic uh, thing. And you just go and live your life like you want to, Mm -hmm. uh, because, there's signs, there's things in the Bible. We need to be working, you know, those that wait upon the Lord mm. shall renew. If we're working like, it's not wait like sitting back with our feet crossed yeah. in a recliner, you know, I'm waiting, you know, like you'd wait for your wife to get home or mm. something like that. It's waiting in the attitude of like a server. Yeah, We're serving the community around us with what God has given us. We're occupying Right. Until what? He comes. comes. Well, is it he come to establish his kingdom? No, it's I believe it's till he comes and splits that eastern sky and says, y'all come on up here. Mm-hmm. And then the church that's ready will be gone. Yeah. And you can't get saved. And they may be somebody watching this right now, and, and you may be struggling in an area. You may be saved. You may go to church. But you may really be struggling. Maybe you've been hurt. Uh, I've said before, sometimes Christian folks, sometimes some of the most meanest, judgmental, legalistic people I've ever met. But don't let the hurt of a person keep you from the love of God. Because when the rapture happens and you miss it, he's, he's not coming on a second trip rapture. The church is taken up. The church is taken up once. After that, you're no longer the church age. Now you're in the tribulation age. And I think it was Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. had said it one time, and I really got to thinking about it. There's a special relationship. There's a special love between Jesus and the church that there is between nobody else. None of the patriarchs or saints that went before the church, it won't be with the tribulation saints. It's a special relationship with the church. And then I was reminded of the scripture where it talks about the angels alone to understand salvation. Mm -hmm. So our job is to occupy until he comes and is not try to live with the world and live in the world and enjoy the pride of life, the lust of flesh, those things until the last minute and try to make make it because he says he's coming as a thief in the night, meaning you don't know when he's going to show up. Mm-hmm. But if I'm prepared, it won't matter. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's that's one of the driving factors for the church is it's time to wake up. The prophecies are being fulfilled that we know that his coming is close. It's yeah. closer than it's ever been. Yeah. So if it's closer than it's ever been, how much closer is the rapture? Yeah. You've got to be ready. It's time to quit playing with the world. It's time to quit flirting with the world. And it's time to fall head over heels in love with Jesus, the one who saved you, the one who will heal you, the one who will set you free and deliver you from all bondage. It's time to fall in love with him and do what the word says. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> I, let, let me right quick 
I, I can wrap this thing up. We, <laughs> I get a little fired up there a while ago, but, uh, you know, uh, in uh, Revelations chapter 1, of course, it reveals the resurrected, glorified Son of God mm-hmm. walking among the seven golden candlesticks with a star, seven stars in his right hand. Mm-hmm. Well, when he explains that, he said the seven golden candlesticks represent the seven churches mm-hmm. that existed in Asia Minor at that time. Right. And he is walking through the midst of the golden candlestick. Mm-hmm. That's why he said, where any, where any two, two are three, gathered yeah. together in my name, mm-hmm. there am I in the midst of them. Mm-hmm. In other words, I've, I preached a message one time. Jesus will jump right in the middle of your trouble. Yeah, he, He's not afraid of your <laughs> trouble. He'll jump right in the middle of it mm-hmm. because, you you know, you and one more uh, and God is a majority. Mm-hmm. Praise That's God. right. But then in uh, chapters 2 and 3, he writes to the letters, the letters to the seven churches and to all of them but one, he said, repent or else. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that's a letter to the churches. Yeah. And that's under grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. But then notice in chapter four in verse one, after this, mm-hmm. what does he mean? After the seven, after the churches. Yeah. See, he's just writing to the churches in chapters two and three. Mm-hmm. And he said, after this, that is, after the churches, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither. Mm-hmm. Or we, we'd say, come up here. Yeah. And I will show you these things which must be hereafter. Mm-hmm. Hereafter what? After the church. Mm-hmm. And then you don't see the church mentioned again until Revelations chapter 19. I know uh, they said, uh, somebody said one time, I believe it's in Revelation 13, where it talked about uh, that uh, uh, that uh, he, he was given power to make war with the saints. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, see, well, see there, see there, that's the church. And no, that's tribulation saints. Mm-hmm. That's not the church. Right. That's tribulation saints. And... Uh, in uh, Revelations uh, 19, verse 11, it says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is, excuse me, is called the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So we know that's Christ. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white, of, white and clean. Now, a lot of people think that's the angels mm-hmm. of heaven. Mm-hmm. But let's back up a few verses. Uh, in verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife have made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saint. Now, look look here. He said, The armies that which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, White and clean. Mm-hmm. So if if back here in verse, uh, uh, you know, uh, eight is talking about the, that fine linen, clean and white is the righteousness of the saint. How come it changed over here? Right. Yeah. It? And the, the church the, is the always yeah, and the are, church is always referred to in the feminine sense in yeah. the New Testament. Yeah. Because the bride of Christ, he's coming to receive a bride yeah. without spot, wrinkle, and blend. Yeah. It's always the feminine, so that that just solidifies that. Yeah. He's talking about and the church. So, uh, we see so many places uh, in, uh, you know, this uh, Revelation chapter 4 we mentioned, 
come up here. That's a rapture of the church. Uh, and the, where it talks about the armies of heaven coming with him, according to what I'm reading here, that's fine linen, clean and white is mm -hmm. the righteousness of the saints. That's us coming back with him to rule and reign here on the earth during the millennium. Right. And uh, then, uh, you know, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, that's a rapture, mm -hmm. a catching away. Yeah. Amen. And uh, so, you know, there's uh, all kinds of scriptures, and uh, that in Zechariah chapter 14, verse 5, he's coming, said his saints with him. Uh, Jude, verse 14, uh, he's coming. Behold, he cometh yeah. with tens of thousands, thousands right. of his saints. Mm -hmm. So it's all through the Bible. We, we have to have been called up to be with him mm -hmm. in order to be able to come back to earth with him. Mm -hmm. And so there is a rapture, a catching away of the church. And I believe that the Bible makes it clear that, uh, you know, he's the Antichrist, the man of sin, cannot be revealed until that which hinders, which is the church, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, the power of the Spirit, and God's word in the blood-bought church mm -hmm. is holding back or restraining that wicked one from coming on the scene. Yeah. And so uh, let, let me encourage you. You know, this, what's going on in the world right now, uh, yes, it's bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, the shootings, abortion, uh, you know, I know a lot of people get upset when you talk about uh, the rights of abortion and so forth. But, uh, you know, <laughs> abortion is murder. According to Scripture. According to the Bible. Mm -hmm. Because when they, they say, well, it's, it's not really a life until it gets up a certain amount of time, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, but some of them was even wanting to push it to the time uh, that the lady, a woman who, you know, had the child, uh, they deliver it and lay it aside till they make mm -hmm. up their mind for a day or two whether they want to keep it or not. Mm -hmm. If they don't want it, they can kill it mm -hmm. or, you know, they may sell it or <laughs> cut it up and give baby parts mm -hmm. to somebody, you know. Uh, that That's, as Kenneth Hagin would say, that's ignorance going to seed. Right. When does human life begin? Mm -hmm. At the moment of conception. Right. That is a life mm -hmm. inside of that woman. That's right. And uh, if it wasn't, how could it grow? Mm -hmm. If it wasn't a living being, mm -hmm. how could it grow? Right. And, uh, you know, I, I just uh, I don't understand how people can do that and have a clean conscience. Uh, yeah, well, so part of it, part of their ignorance, and, and most of the time, especially with the abortion people and the homosexuality and the women's rights stuff, they become hypocritical because it's real simple to watch. All the people now that are pro-abortion and got so upset about the possibility of the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade, which it is coming. Mm -hmm. And there's a great revival coming after that, I believe. But they're all up in arms about that. It's a woman's choice. It's a woman's choice. But then when you take the, this last school shooting, oh, we need to do whatever to protect our children. Mm -hmm. what, what, wait a minute. So you're okay with abortion, yeah. the killing of an innocent child, but you want to take my guns away from me when I'm not going to shoot a child anyway. Mm-hmm. Because you want to protect the children. So, yeah, it's like it's ignorance going to seed. Yeah. You know, and you see more and more of that in the last days. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but we, uh, you know, one one thing I want to encourage you with as we close, we just got a few minutes. Uh, in Second Timothy 1 and 7, the Bible said, God has not given us a spirit mm -hmm. of fear. So whatever you do, uh, you know, and the Bible talks about men's hearts would fail them mm -hmm. for fear of looking on things that are coming upon the earth. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, the Bible says in uh, Matthew chapter 24 and Luke 21, 
what these things, you know, wars, rumors of war, famine, pestilence, earthquakes, and all of that stuff, uh, he said, these are the beginning of sorrows. Yeah. Well, if what we're seeing is the beginning, it means there's more coming. And worse. And worse. But he said in Matthew, see that you be not troubled. Right. And then 2 Timothy 1 and 7, he said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Mm -hmm. And so don't, don't get all caught up with all this stuff they're spewing out on the news because half of it's not so anyway. Right. And uh, it ain't worth the time it takes to watch it or mm -hmm. listen to it. But uh, know that uh, there's a God who loves you. I don't care who you are. I don't care how, what kind of sin you've been involved in, uh, you know, or, or how deep you feel like you've fallen. God loves you. That's right. And the Bible said that he is able to save to the uttermost. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That means it doesn't matter how bad you've been. Yeah. It doesn't mean how far, it matter how far you've fallen. God loves you. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that Christ died even while we were yet sinners. Mm -hmm. Christ died for us. <laughs> he, <laughs> praise God. He, he loved us even before we come to know him. Mm -hmm. He died for us while we were yet sinners. And uh, so God loves you. It, it, you know, and there ain't none of us been perfect. You can uh, count on that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've all uh, sinned, according to Romans 3, 23, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not a living, breathing one of us that hadn't failed, that hadn't sinned, that hadn't made mistakes, that hadn't done things that we wished we had never done. But God loves you. And, you know, all you, it, salvation is so simple. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, not joining a church. That's not what saves you. You ought to go to a church, the good Bible-believing church that teaches the Word. Uh, that's all well and good. You can give offerings. You can give money to the church, and you ought to do that. But that's not what saves you. Mm -mm. The Bible said, for by grace... Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 through 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. It is a gift of God, mm -hmm. not of works, lest any man should boast. You cannot do enough good works to merit or to earn your salvation. Right. It's a free gift. Mm -hmm. All you can do about a gift is receive, receive it. And so... Uh, I don't know. I just uh, feel like maybe that we need to pray, uh, you know, for anybody that if you, yeah. uh, you know, don't know Jesus, but you'd like to invite him into your heart. Uh, it's so simple. If you just pray this prayer with us, or maybe you uh, have been born again, and uh, for whatever reason you've gotten away from God, you're not living for him, you're not serving him like you one time did. All you have to do is cry out to God and ask him for his mercy. Ask him to forgive you, and he will do it. That's according to his word. Mm -hmm. First John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sin, he is faithful. Thank God he is faithful to and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So, Right now, we I, I want to pray, and Wesley, I know, will pray, and Josh here, he'll be praying with us and believing with us. If if you don't know Jesus, you can be a born-again Christian in just a few seconds. If you believe in your heart that God sent his son to die on the cross for your sin, and on the third day he raised him up again, according to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, you are born again. You are saved. Praise God, if you believe that and you confess it with your mouth. So right now, we want to pray a prayer, and we're going to confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Right now, pray this prayer. Say, Father, I come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and shed his blood. I believe that on the third day, God raised him from the dead. 
And God's word says, if I believe that and confess it with my mouth, thou shalt be saved or I will be saved. There's nothing else you can do about it. You can't do good works to earn it or merit it. It's a free gift. And it's that simple, just confessing him. I confess him now as my Lord and Savior. I receive him into my heart and into my life. And I ask him to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And I will live for him and I will serve him for the rest of my life. Now, friend, if you prayed that prayer, Jesus just came into your heart and into your life and you'll never be the same again. You'll never be alone another day as long as you Amen. live. Because he said, when I come, he, the Holy Spirit comes to live on. He said, he will abide with you forever. You'll never be alone another day as long as you live. Amen. I Praise believe God. that. And if you prayed that prayer and you received Christ as your Savior, if you rededicated your life, maybe you'd walked away, but you prayed that prayer to get back into uh, the foe, the sheepfold, um, reach out, let us know. If you you live close by, we'd love to have you uh, be a part of our church. But if you, you live too far to drive, still reach out to us. We want to help you find a Bible-based, Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. And if we don't get to ever see you here, we want to see you in heaven. Right. So if you accepted Jesus into your heart, and if you believe in him and study his word, when you get to heaven, come find us. Let us know, and we'll all dance a jig and rejoice and shout. Amen. Praise with the Holy of Holies. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. We're so glad that you took time out of your busy schedule to, to listen to our podcast. We hope that something we said encouraged you, stirred your spirit. And remember to share this with other people. They're hurting. They need answers. And everyone is, is in need of a Savior. Until next week, God bless you, and we'll see you soon.